Welcome to Driven Chance Podcast, where champions are not just born, they are created with intention, dedication, and relentless pursuance of excellence. I'm your host, William Grayson, with my sidekick, William D. Harris. How you doing, Will? Going good, doing great. Today we got um, Associate Michigan Head Coach Phil Martelli. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for oh. having me on with you. Oh, no problem, no problem, no problem. Um, Coach uh, uh, Phil, we're going to just ask you a couple questions, nothing, you know, off the ball or nothing like that. Um, my first co uh, question, Coach, is basically, can you share with us uh, a pivotal moment that um, helped shape your philosophy on coaching and leadership? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would say in coaching, uh, a pivotal moment for me when I was a very, very young kid, uh, uh -huh. 12 or 13 years old, I was in Lansdowne, Delaware County, outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I met three guys. One was a postman, one was uh -huh. a banker, and one was a politician. And they were my CYO coaches. Uh -huh. And up until that point, I was, and I say this affectionately, I was a playground rat. If it was baseball, I played baseball. If it was football, I played football. If it was basketball and we were lucky enough that the weather held up, we played outside. If not, every once in a while, we got into a gym. And then I moved from Southwest Philadelphia to Delaware County, and I met these three guys, and they were into basketball. They coached uh -huh. basketball. And the banker, Tom Gallagher, he coached. 360 days a year, whether it was in, in the gym at the at the school or on the outdoor courts. And I was just mesmerized by the game of basketball. And I was mesmerized more about the leadership, the coaching. And I thought, you know what? This is something that I would like to do. I, th I, I think it's something that I can take uh, lead and I can – uh, pursue this. I didn't know at that time, to be honest with you, that you can make it a career, a livelihood. I just knew that it involved basketball, which to me is the is a non-discriminatory uh, sport. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter if you're from Chester or, or from Philly, if you're from Virginia, California. It's a game. doesn't matter if you're you're rich or poor. If you can dribble, pass, and shoot, and you're willing to compete, uh, you can find a game. The three of That's us could go out right now and find a three-on-three -three game. That's and right. It, it would be the same as playing Villanova at the Palestra. So it's a beautiful game. It does not discriminate. It is open to all ages, all, all sexes, all uh, uh, colors, and – I just knew back then, yeah, this is something special. And if I could lead the way they led, and by that uh -huh. I mean they took a group of 12 and 13-year-olds and said, here's what we're going to do. And we had routines. And back then we didn't know it, but we had principles. Maybe they called them rules. <laughs> and uh, we, we did things for the greater good of a group. And that, to me, was the was the essence of all that I've ever tried to do. I always wanted to try to do do more for the group than the group was doing for me. That uh, see that's that's that says a lot about you. 
It really does. And a lot of people don't um, think that way anymore. I hate to say it. They just think for themselves. And it's glad you said that. I'm, I really like that. Will. Coach, man, you know, it's, when I think about you, Coach, it's like me and you been like family. I remember when you came to uh, or PMC Widener 72, I watched you play. I remember spending some time over in your dorm room with you. It's uh, It's been quite a journey for you, man. And uh, I remember your first year as assistant coach at Widener and then uh, seven years at Kendrick, then 10 years at, on Hawk Hill with uh, Coach Boyle and Coach Griffith, then 24 years as the head coach in the last five years, man, as the, you know, associate head coach for Jawan and then the University of Michigan, man. It's been a blessing for me to be, because I think I've really been a major part of your journey because I followed you all the way, you know, always around. And uh, right now I'm going to your your second home, Chester. I'm watching the Clippers play tonight. And uh, you got two kids from Chester, uh, Jameer Nelson, 2004 Wooden Award winner. And then you had the, you know, the uh, honor of coaching my crazy cousin, uh, Darren Govins. And I remember you telling me sometimes you just have to blow your whistle in practice and stop practice and say, Darren, are you sure you're from Chester? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I know you said you got one year left. And I know you're going to do something with basketball. I don't know what you're going to do after, but I know you're going to be in media at that house. But uh, I've had a pleasure of being in your life for a long, long time and watch you accomplish so many things, man. And every time I reached out, You've been there for me, man. Well, I, I you know, I'm, I'm really uh, blessed in that I can say this. It's never, my career has never been about wins and losses and nets and championships and accolades and pats on the back and what people say about you. It has always been about the memories and the relationships. So this relationship does go all the way back to 1972. And this relationship had more to do with being off the court than on the court. And then when you, when you bring up those, those names, Jameer Nelson and, and Darren Govins and, and reaching back, and I, I always tell story uh, when I was driving through Chester one time, uh, going to a Chester High game and on every street corner, somebody was coming up to my car to let me know that they were the reason that I got Jameer. And they were the reason that, that, you know, he was able to, to scale the mountain. And I, and I do believe that I'm not a cliche guy, but, but Chester, all that Chester did for me, it was in my blood. Uh, and it will always be in my blood, but the memories and the relationships, the memories and the relationships uh, will never leave me. If somebody said to me, do you remember a game, you know, at Widener against Swathmore? I might not remember that game, but I remember, I remember my teammates at Widener. I remember Alan Rowe and I remember the Dairy Queen and, and all those just, I, I, the hair on my arms is standing up because of, of the names that you rattled off and 
and the ideas that you just presented with memories and relationships. Hey, Coach, you know, I just want to um, ask you this. Uh, your college basketball coach, Key Allen Rowe, who's no longer with us, and his assistant, Jack Klotz. Mm. Talk to us about the impact those guys made in your life, Coach. Well, Alan Rowe uh, was a guy who became comfortable in his own skin. Now, that was before I got there. But just to know that at Widener, and you, you and I both know, Bill Manlove did the same thing in football, and Harry Miller did it in baseball. They never apologized for Widener being a Division three school. What they did at Widener was they pursued championships, and that stayed with me their preparation, uh, their approach. Every single game was like a championship game, but it was always about the players and not about them advancing themselves. You and I both know a lot of guys who have coached in high school, and they're coaching with an eye on their next level, or they coach in Division three and have their eye on the next level. Those guys, Bill Manlove and, and Alan Rowe and Harry Miller, they they wanted to, cr to create champions at the Widener level. And um, it, it always meant a great deal. The most important job that you have and the best job that you have is the one you have. Yep. So don't be, don't be wandering around and, and making yourself miserable because someone else has something more. Cherish what, what you do have. And then Jack Klotz was just, as you well know, he was, he, was a, he was a guy's guy. He knew what he knew. Uh, he was an absolute monster of a man. And I mean that uh, spiritually. I mean that physically. I mean that emotionally. And, uh, boy, to have those guys as my coaches – and really teachers, because that's more than anything else. Uh, if, if you want to be great at coaching, uh -huh. consider yourself a coach. Consider yourself a teacher. And Alan Rowe and Jack Klotz did that for me. Coach, I got one more question for you, and I'm just curious. You know, one of Coach uh, Alan Rowe's things was defense, and y'all was always top five defensive teams in the country. But my question is, you – you know that one three one zone in your sleep, but did you ever use that at St. Joe's or Kendrick? Uh, I used it at at Kendrick a little bit more than I did at St. Joe's. Every once in a while, I would uh, uh, dust it off if the personnel was was uh, fit. What you know, the big the big wings. You needed somebody up top. Uh, you needed a runner on the baseline. And as much as I, uh, as I was an assistant coach with C. Allen, as much as I, uh, ha I can remember having C. Allen at my house and going over the X's and O's, it's a lot like the Pete Carrill Princeton offense. I didn't know it exactly, so I never felt comfortable teaching it uh, because I thought I would leave segments out. I think that's why people don't run the Princeton offense the way that Pete Carrill did because you leave parts out and therefore it becomes a flawed instead of a perfect product. Okay. How do you, um, Phil, how do you instill a sense of purpose and drive into your players, both on and off the court? 
Wow. <laughs> well, I, I would start with this idea. Uh, I think that uh, you have to make with each individual player, you have to make this very personal. Uh-huh. Right? Like, and, and I'm not saying uh, you deflate their dreams, but, but there's nobody in college basketball that doesn't believe that they're going to play at the next level. Right. We all. Right? We, so if you if you let them run with that, uh-huh. there may not be there may be co- high school players who who think, well, I'm just going to get a scholarship. But what what is it that you're doing every day, and focused on this? And this is what I I try to do with every player that I come in contact with. What are you going to do today to be a better student? What are you going to do today to be a better player? What are you going to do today to be a better person? And don't get them confused. Being a better person is more important than being a better player. Being a You're better right. student yep. is yep. more important than being a better player. Now, don't don't give up on your dream, but understand that if the world's not tied together, I used to use this all the time. If you come running into practice from psychology class and you didn't do well in psychology class all the adults out there say well put it aside and and work focus on this no it's like a tree man the tree grows and everything is interwoven so so keep yourself together as a person and in one way shape or form do one thing today that makes you a little bit better as a student, do one thing. Then you can concentrate on the player. But yeah, if you yeah. think you can put them in compartments, if you think you can can uh, skip a summer workout and be a better player the next day, that's, that's not true. But that's the same as in school. If you skip an assignment, you're not a better student, right? If you miss an opportunity as a person, how about just this one thing? Well, I I don't know what to do every day to make myself a better person. Well, in the world that we live in, we're all so isolated. We grab these phones and we stare at these phones. How about if today you just concentrate on making eye contact when you're talking to somebody? You might not think (laughs) that you've been a better, but you are a better person because you did that. How about in the high school where you have, look, you have these clicks. Yep. How about if today when I wake up and I'm a high school junior and I make it this pledge to myself, I'm going to say hello to that kid who I don't know. I'm just going to say hello. And if we did that every single day, when you go to put your head on the pillow, when you go to put your head on the pillow, regroup from your day. Are you a better person? Are you a better student? And then are you a better player or are you a better artist? Are you a, are you a better uh, 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 mechanic? Are you a be- what what did you do this day to just make me better in your chosen field? That was really deep. Coach, 2003. 2004, 30 and two, 
not only the greatest basketball year in Hawk history, but probably one of the greatest basketball years in the history of Philadelphia College basketball. Yes. You uh, you lose to Xavier in the A-10 tournament. Then you get all the way to the Elite Eight. And I still see it in my sleep, and I know you do too. And John Lucas III hit that jump shot. And uh, it was over for you. What was that year like for you, Coach? Well, the description that I've given is that it, it felt like a year in a bubble. Uh, it started when Jameer Nelson took his name out of the NBA draft. And the first thing that resonated with me is we all have to be better. Mm -hmm. I have to be better in formulating practices. I have to be better in scouting opponents. We have to be better in promoting this entire entity. We, we have to be, and to the players, you have to be better. You have to spend a little bit more time on your individual game. You have to understand and respect the time that you're tr training in the weight room. You, you have to respect the time when you're off, right? But at mm -hmm. the same time, at the same time, you have to respect the fact that you are your parents' son. You are your brother and sister's brother, your boyfriend, whatever it would be. Like, go into a bubble, and there were, day, there were days that year when I didn't know what day of the week it was. Uh -huh. Oftentimes, I didn't know what time. I knew this. I knew that everybody was going to be in on this. So you knew. I never closed the practice. Mm -hmm. I never shut anybody off. We did every possible interview, and it had nothing to do with me promoting me. It was me promoting those players because I thought that they were just so extraordinary. And then when you think back and say, well, what happened the first game of the year, Gonzaga in Madison Square Garden? And, and it was like a coming out party. Jameer was obviously a great player, but he became now this national player. And then there were games along the way where you just said it was an honor to be a part of that. I go back to the beginning and say the memories and the relationships stay with me. And to this day, when I talk to those players and they end a text or they end a conversation with, I love you, coach, then I feel, you know what? We did right. Yeah, we didn't win the national championship. We didn't make the final four. We didn't go undefeated, but it, what matters the most, that's where we succeeded. All of the attention, and, and you're, you are so on point. You're so on point. I was just, I was just daydreaming about it this morning. Um, that team became a standard in Philadelphia. And, and, and I, you know me. I have ultimate respect for Jay Wright's two national championships, Roley Massimino's national championships. But when you talk about the greatest teams to ever do it in Philadelphia, and when you have that badge, that's as big a badge as you can get. That team stands on, on the top shelf. They may not be alone, but they're on the top shelf as an unbelievable uh, collection of people who did extraordinary things. All right, Coach. In your view, um, basketball has evolved during your um, tenure. What are the 
what are the implica implications of your coaching? Like what changes have you seen uh, during your, your tenure in your years of coaching? Wow. Um, the things that have changed is that players are, are very, very, very uh, willing to work on their own skills. Therefore, at the sacrifice of pickup basketball. Uh-huh. Uh, if, if, if William Harris was driving around Chester right now and I said to him, let's take us to a park where there's guys playing pickup, 30 years ago, he, he would have easily gotten to that park. Right. It's going to take him 30 years from this moment forward to find a park where guys are playing pickup. Dang. So the individual the individualization of what they call working out has been to the demise of pickup. Okay. And I'll say this about pickup basketball. At pickup basketball, you learn leadership skills because somebody has to organize, say what time we're going to play, who's going to play, and here's how we're, here's how we're going to pick sides. Right. And here's how we're going to play the game. Right. You learn, you learn, and this sounds crazy, but you learn to argue. Basketball. You're right, right. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. right. It's 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 that's a foul. No, it's not a foul. Da, 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 da. Yeah, right. And and it saddens me to say this. It saddens me to say this. Today's youth don't know how to argue. What do they do? They run and get a weapon. Right. Right. That it, it, it's it just tears my my heart out. They don't know how to argue. Right. And and so the 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 over individualization of workouts, the demise of of pickup, uh, the the absolute uh, proliferation of people that are willing to help. And I'm going to say, like, I'm not one of those guys to say, that, oh, no, they're, they're not really trying to help. They're trying to help themselves. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe there's so many people out there that want to give back to the young that that that's a positive. Uh, I'm not crazy about AU where they have to travel all over. What if you just stayed in your area and you kind of determined a pecking order in your own area, saving your families a lot of money? Um, I yeah. think that. I think that the players are better. I mean, they can do more things with the ball. They can run. They can jump. Um, and for the most part, they know how to play. It's uh -huh. just when they get caught in this, let me chase a ranking as opposed to a win. Let me chase what others think about me rather than growing my own game. That that's, We've lost that. We've lost that. And I think the other thing with, with so much of pulling apart, uh, you know, kids going to prep schools and I, I just think there's a beauty in playing with the guys that you played with when you were in the fifth grade, <laughs> when, you play, when you played in Chester Biddy and you, you played for the high. And if you went to Catholic school, and but we've lost that, that what I consider that real, edge that neighborhood edge that we had in everybody's game like your 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 uh your rivalry your next city rivalry yes, it, yes. It, it, it then went away because 
you know, they say AAU. Hey, we're playing this team in another state. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not even in the in in this state. Why are we going way over here? So you you lose, like I understand exactly what you're saying. The rivalry in the interstate schools. It's there's no more rivalry right there anymore. It, it sometimes you see in a football, but it's very rare. But like you said, it's AAU has basically taking it over. Well, and, and then also these superpowers, like these kids going to these superpower schools. Um, there's just something about, you know, being the best player or being on the best team from Chester High or, or from Innerborough or from uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson High School in Washington, D.C., it's, um, I feel I I can appreciate what people are doing now, but it doesn't mean that I don't wish for the old times. Gotcha. That's understandable. Well, coach, uh, man, basketball has been your life, man. And your life has come full circle. And when I say full circle, um, your wife, Julie, was a basketball player at Immaculata College. And I tell people all the time, I'm not a fan, I'm a historian. Where they won three national championships before basketball has grown and played for one of the great coaches, women coaches, nobody seems to remember but me and you, Kathy Rush. Then you got your two sons. You know, you got, you know, Jimmy just got the job at Bryant and Phil Martelli Jr. is at Penn State. And then your daughter, Elizabeth, um, it's just for me to see your life come full circle and see how your life has impacted you and your wife has impacted not only your children, but your family and the community is a uh, tremendous thing. And, you know, women's basketball has come a long way. But uh, I truly remember those Immaculata teams, you know, with mm -hmm. Teresa Shank and all those people. And uh, just talk to me how it seems like everything fell in place for you in your life <laughs> with your children and your wife. <laughs> well, I always tell people it's the other way around. My my son Phil Martelli Jr. is the head coach at Bryant, and my son Jimmy's at Penn State. Uh, but I met my wife at a basketball camp. Uh, I had this remarkable opportunity to be around Hall of Famers because those three teams that you mentioned that won the national championship, they are in the Hall of Fame. Kathy Rush is in the Hall of Fame. Teresa Grentz is in the Hall of Fame. Um, it, it, it's just, you you said it. it. It's like this magic carpet ride for a guy that was just trying to get in the games at St. Joe Prep and uh, Norbert Playground and Widener College. And what the game has given to me I could never, ever, ever repay it. But what I do every day is try to repay it. Because uh, all that I have came from the game. Now, there were sacrifices. You know, when, when other people could coach their kids in the winter, that wasn't really a factor. But at the same time, uh, I've been able to introduce my sons and daughter and wife to you name them, we've met them. 
Uh-huh. And um, to have to be given so much, I it's still it it's still incumbent upon me to make sure that I give back. And that's what I've tried to do through Coaches versus Cancer, through the many, many times uh, I had opportunities to speak at schools or companies. Uh, it was always in an effort to say thank you, to th- thank people like William Harris, uh-huh. to thank people like Alan Rowe, to thank people like Jack Klotz, to thank people like Breon Harris, to th- thank people like Mike Valchep, to thank Pat Knapp, to thank those guys. Because I would not be sitting here without all of them lifting me on their shoulders all the way through. Eddie Burke and Mo Howard and Sonny Hill and it, it, I, the names could we could we could go another hour and I wouldn't name every name that that has lifted me on their shoulders. And so it's my responsibility to turn around and lift the next young person. If it's my sons, that's fine. Right. But I want any player that comes in contact with me to say I'm a little bit better because I was in Coach Martelli's presence. That's real deep. Coach, what advice would you uh, give young athletes to play at the collegiate level? This is basically my last question. Um, First, first they have to play with joy. I mean, when people are coming out, they have to make sure that they play with joy. Uh Second thing is that they want to have a plan, right? If you want to play in college, there's a lot of ways to play in college, right? So I call it like a funnel. There's a great big funnel at the top. And are you are you willing and do you have the means? If it's Division three, it's Division three. That's playing college basketball. Uh, have you put yourself in place for a scholarship opportunity at Division two? Uh, are you doing the right things in school so that that doesn't close the door? Your academics can't close the door. But the first thing that I, that I would beg them to do is to play play this game with joy. Okay. Play the game with joy. Continue to improve every day. And then I want them to be like a pebble in a pond. If their dream and their aspiration is to play in college, drop your pebble into a pond. And if they have to tell a coach like me, and maybe they're not all for Michigan, uh-huh. but maybe if it ripples out, maybe they're all not for Bryant where my son's coaching, but maybe it ripples out and maybe it's Philly U or Jefferson or, or Newman College. Uh, make sure that people know of your dreams and your aspirations, and then they can help with your dreams and your aspirations. But if you hold them inside and think people are going to assume because you play for the high high school, you must want to play in college. That's not how it works. Share. Don't be afraid. And the reason that people don't share their dreams is because they fear that they'll fail. That's the main thing. You're right. right? You're right. They fear that they'll fail. And you can only fail if you don't put it out there. Exactly. Give yourself a chance. Be that pebble in a pond. Sure. Man, it's uh it was a pleasure for having you on. I know next year is gonna be the final run. And I told you uh before you uh 
before we came to Charlotte. The next year, I'm coming to Ann Arbor. Yes, spend sir. A week with, spend a week with you because I know it's your last hurrah, and I've been a, a you know a big part of your life. And I'm looking forward to uh, coming up there to, to see you. And maybe this time I'll be able to get a catch a Michigan football game. Whoa. <laughs> You've got to say national champs. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy up there right now. Coach, you up there in the you in the best place to be in the country right now, Michigan. Yes, sir. Because they crazy with Detroit. Detroit is, I mean, I, it's just unreal with them. And then Michigan just won. So you're in a good spot. Uh, yeah, because but you know, you know, Dorothy was right, right? Yeah. No place like home. There's no <laughs> place like home. <laughs> coach, my man, coach. I love you, All coach. Right. I appreciate okay. you guys. Much love. No, much love. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very Thank much. You. All right. Do, is there anything you want to everybody before you leave? Like, you know, any, um, like you said, you mentioned your cancer. Uh, get the website or are there anything? Nah, nah. That's uh, good. All right. We're all good. All, all right. right. Thank you. Coach. No problem. Right. Bye-bye.